0: No, I didn't have anything. God really provided for me. When I think about how can I pass those days, you know, those difficult days, those dark days in my life But I passed because of Christ.
1: As a boy growing up in Ethiopia, Lulugetu Ashagre did not believe in God, but that changed when he was a young teenager, even though his life was very hard and he was homeless. Coming up now in First Person, the personal story of this man who has become an evangelical pastor and the leader of many churches in Ethiopia. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Welcome to First Person. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of our program, which highlights how God calls and equips people to serve Him. Before we get started, though, let me point you to our website for additional information and resources. It's firstpersoninterview.com. Take the time to visit the site to learn more about this week's guest as well as past interviews. And if you'd like to download any of those past interviews for listening anytime, use our smartphone app. It's free on both the Apple and Android platforms and makes listening to first person easy anytime it's convenient for you. Search for First Person Interview in your App Store. You'll also find us online at facebook.com/firstpersoninterview. Now for our guest today from Ethiopia. His name is Mulageta
0: Ashagre. I was uh, converted when I was 14. Before that, I was I was not I don't believe in God. I was atheist and at the same time I don't believe in witch doctors. And uh, I grew up in the communist time, so I have developed this ideology from the communist as a teenage boy. And your mother did believe in God, but she also
1: believed in witch doctors, I understand.
0: Yes, she believes in God, and also she believes in witch doctors. That's cultural thing in our area. Mm-hmm. And I used to say to my mom, I don't believe in God, and also I don't believe with witch doctors. So
1: there came a day, though, that uh, you heard the gospel. Tell me, t- tell me what happened.
0: Uh, I was taken to Addis Ababa f- to my uncle and uh, my uh, just to s- continue my study. While I was living there, it's because I am a boy who disturbs the house. My uncle told that that if he goes to church or if he goes to the believers, he will become a good moral man. So he took me. And he introduced me to the believers. And the very first day I went to the believers, I was converted. The now, preacher your, was, was your uncle a believer? No, he was not a believer. Still today, he is not a believer. But he was attracted by the moral message? Yes. And he encouraged me to go there and he supported me to go there. And the very first day I went there, the preacher was preaching 1 John chapter 1, from verse 6 to 8, and the seriousness of sin and the need of salvation and conversion. And I, I have really decided to follow Jesus on that very moment. Hmm. All right, so you're 14 years old.
1: You're living under your uncle's care. How did he react? I mean, did you announce to him what, what had happened to you?
0: Yes, immediately after church, I came back, and I told them what happened in my life. And they were shocked, and they didn't expect me that... I, am, I, I become a believer, and I was immersed into it, and they wanted me a moral good man. That was the only plan to take me to the church. Yeah,
1: they wanted to shape you up, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but more than that happened to you.
0: Oh, yes. God changed my life, and from that day on, my life was really changed. And I said to my uncle, I love you, I respect you, but I can't do anything to help you because I have decided to follow Jesus. Did
1: he accept that?
0: Uh, not really. Because of that, I suffered a lot for uh, years. For years I suffered, but now he respects me, he loves me. In fact, even if he's not a believer, when I went to him and he asks me to pray and so on. Hmm.
1: All right, I'm going to jump way ahead here, but now you are a man about 50 years old with a family of your own. You've been serving the Lord for many, many years, and how does your uncle react to that? Since he, he doesn't believe, he must respect you in some way.
0: Yes, even though he was he was giving me hard time in the early days, now he respects me. In fact, uh, he calls me when he has a problem for his family advice and so on. He always tells to his children that Muligeta is your real brother, and even something happens in my life, he is the one you should go for advice. This is what he's saying. Mm. He respects me nowadays.
1: Interesting, very interesting now you told me that you grew up and you have three sisters i understand yes the oldest sister there's a story there too
0: tell me tell me her story yes uh immediately after my conversion uh, when the families pushed me and gave me hard time my older sister said no please don't touch him and i i was really wondering about what's going to happen on muligeta's life but it's because he accepted christ now i know where he's going i know his destiny so I, I want him to grow in his faith and to continue in his faith. Don't, don't touch him, and I will do whatever you need. Hmm. And she said, and she covered me, really. Yeah, the backstory
1: to that is that you're the only son in the family, so you felt it necessary to support your family.
0: Yes, and your I was mother. expected. And I was expected to support the family.
1: When you, wanted to, uh, when you became a Christian and then wanted to go away to, to a Bible school, your sister stepped up and said, It's okay, but she wasn't a believer.
0: Yeah, it is really amazing, and that's God's provision for me. When I decide to serve Christ, and uh, as a boy and as a man in the family, I need to support my mom and the family. But when God's calling came to me, it's hard for me to accept, but I have accepted it. And my sister stood in my side. She said, I will cover everything what you need. Please let him go. This Hmm. is what she said. Hmm. So
1: God used her even though... It wasn't until many years later she became a believer.
0: Yes, uh, yes, she became a believer just after many years. Just two years after that, she became a believer. Now she is a real fine Christian.
1: It's an amazing story. Okay, so you're a young man. You've uh, asked Christ into your life. You were 18 years old, and you decided to go away to school. You were a city guy. And you decided to go to a school, uh, we would say out in the sticks. <laughs> Where was it? And, and tell me about the story.
0: Okay. The Bible school was 250 kilometers from Addis. It was a remote area in those days. Uh, the Bible school has no proper boarding and proper class. And uh, really many things were not settled in that place. But it was really a, le- a real temptation for me to go there. But uh, God really provided for me everything. The teachers were kind to me, and I was able to cope with the life because as a city boy, uh, and I was not trained you know, to cook my own food, to fetch wood, to bring water from the river, and so on. So I have to do that in that school, and I have learned so many things. God taught me in this remote area just what life is, and really that helped me in my leadership role.
1: Hmm. This school was uh, started in, and operated by S.I.M., which has uh, got to be a story in itself that it was allowed to exist in Ethiopia at that time.
0: Yes. Uh, this school, it was only two Bible schools in those days run by S.I.M. All the other churches were closed. This school was in Hosanna. That's where I was trained. And now the school has improved nowadays. I improved many things. But in those days, during the communist time, they don't have resources even to improve that one. Mm -hmm. And because of the persecution, many things were limited, so no resources in those days.
1: Well, we're going to have to skip a lot of the story here for the sake of time, but uh, suffice it to say that uh, God trained you at that school. You became a pastor. I know you've uh, served in various parts of Ethiopia, but you were a leader in the uh, Brethren Church in Ethiopia at this time. Um, Tell me about your heart's passion for what you do. Mm.
0: Yes, I have uh, for the last uh, 25 years in my ministry God has helped me a lot and he showed us to focus on three areas: children work and church planting and evangelism and also leadership training. This is what we focus in Ethiopia. Every family gives 6.9 children. If we don't focus on children work, uh, it's really uh, doing nothing for the whole community. So mm we have decided to focus on children. It's one of the three focus areas in our churches. Mm -hmm. Recently, we have decided to reach 10,000 children in three years' time, and we are working for that, and we have strategies, trainings, and school teachers, and providing materials, and so on, and God is helping in this way. The second focus area is church planting and evangelism. We have 23 ethnic groups and unreached areas in Ethiopia. So we have decided in southwest part of Kaffa area where unreached. And also we, southeast Bali area, we have tried to reach these communities in our church planting area. The third focus area is a leadership training and a Bible school. Our Bible school is uh, unique. We don't have a Bible school in a big city at Ababa. Our Bible school is in remote area in a place called Joby. Just to, are, to reach there, you have to drive 75 kilometers Star Market Road, 60 kilometers Dry Weather Road, and 20 kilometers a very rough road. That's where our Bible school is. That's where our, most of our churches are. We have decided to have a school in those churches area, at the middle of the churches. So the teachers go turn-by-turn turn from Addis to teach in this Bible school area, and it's very much helpful school.
1: The church, the evangelical church in Ethiopia, is alive and growing?
0: Yes. Evangelical churches are the fastest growing religion when we see in Ethiopia. They cover around 20% of the country. Uh, The main problem we have is evangelicals are not evenly distributed throughout the country. Evangelicals are dominant in the West and South. So nowadays, we are strategically thinking and planning to go North Ethiopia and eastern parts of Ethiopia.
1: From Ethiopia, our guest, Pastor Mulugeta Ashagre, today on First Person Stay with us. This program is supported each week by the Far East Broadcasting Company, and I'm Ed Cannon, the president of FEBC. These first-person stories of God at work in people's lives always encourage me, and at FEBC, we want to encourage you even more with God's Word. Take a moment to sign up for our daily online 30 day devotional featuring stories and scripture. You can sign up easily at firstpersoninterview.com. Go there today. Firstpersoninterview.com. My guest today is a pastor, a leader from Ethiopia. He's a leader in the Brethren Church movement. We'll talk about the evangelical movement more in a moment. But he's Mula Geta, and uh, Mula. I so appreciate you coming to the studio today for this brief conversation. You have such an interesting life story. I want to talk more about the church in Ethiopia. Uh, when you met with my Bible study today, we talked a lot about the unity of the church, the evangelical church. Uh, let's let's first of all talk about the cultural context in Ethiopia. Uh, it's a blend of Muslim and Orthodoxy, isn't it?
0: Yes. Uh, generally, Ethiopians uh, are known as a Christian country, and the majority of the people go to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church from the eastern. It's related to Egypt and Greek and Syria. And uh, nearly the uh, evangelicals cover the 20% of the population. In but the Egypt.
1: Orthodox Church holds a lot of power.
0: Yes. For Ethiopia, it uh, used to be, uh, not recently nowadays, but used to be, the Orthodox Church is Ethiopia. Ethiopia is the Orthodox Church. It's not easy for you to isolate the Orthodox Church from Ethiopia.
1: They're one and the same in many ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what is the Muslim population in Ethiopia?
0: Uh, in Ethiopia, the, the statistics says around 35% uh, population is a Muslim. If you see the map of Ethiopia, the eastern direction, north to south, is dominantly Muslim area. Mm. We have Muslims all over the world, but this area is highly dominated. Mm -hmm.
1: We'll talk more about church planning in a moment. Um, But as I understand it um, from an evangelical perspective, you have more pressure from the Orthodox Church than Mm -hmm. than you do the Muslim community there.
0: Yes. When we see the Ethiopian Evangelical Church history, And most of the persecution came from Ethiopian Orthodox Church. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church believers, they used to burn the churches, kill the believers, persecute their younger ones. And in most cases, they see us as if we are, as if we are what we call the spies for the Western government. It's it's because of the missionaries and the churches as a connection with the West world. So in this case, we suffered a lot in Ethiopia. Mm Are you beginning to see that change in the within the Orthodox Church
1: or is it much the same?
0: Yes. Uh, we we are experiencing a religious freedom in Ethiopia. It's because we have clearly written religious law. Every everybody has a right to follow whatever religion he wants to. And also there is a big movement going on even among Orthodox and many people are understanding the scripture and converted priests are preaching. And really, God is moving in this church.
1: That's a very exciting report. It, it, it really is. Okay, now, given that cultural context of a mixture of Orthodoxy and Muslim and now Evangelicals rising in Ethiopia, what is the state of the Evangelical Church? Uh,
0: we have a very good fellowship. Uh, we call a unity with diversity. The church fathers who were in the communist time, they came together, a small number, praying together in Addis Ababa and Adama Nazareth, and they started a small fellowship. Now the fellowship has grown. If you go to all over Ethiopia, you will see every town, evangelical churches, leaders come together, pray together, and do many activities in the church, especially many big things concerning the country and so on. We have a very good fellowship. We have a very good office organized office, and so on.
1: How do you account for this unity among the denominations?
0: Uh, it is amazing that uh, all Pentecostals and Lutherans and Presbyterians and Baptists from all backgrounds, they come together. They teach their own doctrines in their own churches and homes, but when they come together, they preach Christ, and they have very good fellowship. Is
1: it driven in any way
0: by the persecution you've all felt? I think, yes, that the the persecution forced us to go into this uh, unity, and we kept it until today.
1: Mm -hmm. That is remarkable. Mm -hmm. It really is. And
0: it's a blessing God gave us for our country.
1: Yeah, indeed it is. Wow. We have much to learn from you, as a matter (laughs) of fact. All right. um, You you described earlier that you have a heart for discipleship and evangelism. We'll talk about the children's ministry in a moment, but tell me about church planning in Ethiopia. What's, What's going on?
0: Uh, church planting is going on. Uh, the believers are, and Ethiopian church is mission-oriented church. And in spite of the limit of all the resources they have, every church wants to plant a church. Church planting is going on every day throughout all over Ethiopia. And uh, I personally have, I have a heart of evangelism and church planting. And I work a lot and uh, give my time on discipleship and also church planting and evangelism. Tell me
1: about a specific project that's underway right now. Um, Earlier you were telling me about a predominantly Muslim area where there's been no evangelical church, but that's beginning to change?
0: Yes. uh, God, God has shown us a miracle. And we have churches in the West, and the West is a highly populated area. The Christian farmers, they went to east part of the country to find the ground for farming. But that area is totally a Muslim area. And finally, we saw, we have discovered that around 200 believers went to that area. And we saw it as a great opportunity for us to plant a church. And instead of we sending the church planters, God has already sent his church. He sent farmers ahead of you. <laughs> yes, ahead of us. And they are, he is using them as a church planter. And five new small groups were started. And we are really thinking about that. It's because these leaders are from the West. They don't know anything about Muslims and the culture, and anything related to that religion. They're
1: from the western part of Ethiopia. Yes. Not from here in the west. No, 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 not the west. I'm thinking
0: of Ethiopia west.
1: Yeah, so they are Ethiopians reaching Ethiopians. Yes.
0: Amazing. The west Christians, the west Oromo Christians are moving the southeast Oromo Muslims. Yeah. And God is using this. We are using this opportunity, and God has opened for us this door.
1: Another very exciting aspect of of all of your ministry, and again, you lead the Brethren Church in Ethiopia, but it's happened among evangelicals, but tell me about what you are doing to reach children.
0: In our Christian Brethren Churches, as I've told you before, we focus on three areas, and one of the areas is children. And we have decided uh, two and a half years ago to reach 10,000 children for Christ, and we are working for that. We have a strategy of teaching Sunday school teachers, and the Sunday school teachers will go to their home churches and teach Sunday school teachers. And finally, we have a plan and a strategy to reach 10,000 children for Christ in three years' time. We have so far reached to 4,000 children, and we are working on the remaining 6,000 children.
1: I know you have a heart for this. Your wife has a heart to see this happen, and your son-in-law does as well.
0: Hmm. My wife is a really committed Sunday school teacher and she is working hard in the church and my son-in-law is working as a full-time for Awana. Uh, He is working as a full-time work in our local church at the same time helping the Awana project all over the country. He moves uh, to give training all over Ethiopia.
1: Among all the evangelical churches, how yes. many children are are taught? We've talked about Awana here in the program b- before, but tell me how many Ethiopian children are touched by Awana? Uh,
0: by Awana project, around more than two hundred thousand children are already touched by the Awana all over wow. the country, and it is growing very fast. Wow, yeah.
1: Pastor. Uh, Look back over your life for a moment. You're still a young man, and the <laughs> Lord's going to use you tremendously. But look back over the last few decades and mm-hmm. how God has moved in your life and led you. Um, what are your thoughts about that?
0: It is really a miracle that I am here today in America. I was born in West part of the country under the coffee trees who, brought, who came to Addis converted as a young man, 14 years old. When I was converted, uh, really, I was the very first Christian. Nowadays, God has blessed my family. We are more than 25. Mm -hmm. I was the only believer in our home. So I suffered a lot. I didn't have something to eat. Uh, Even I don't know where I was staying. In the daytime, I move. I will preach the gospel and uh, i have a fellowship with the believers when the night comes i remember some of the night even i don't know where i am going to stay
1: you literally had no place to lay your head at night no
0: no i didn't have anything never god really provided for me when i think about how can i pass that, those days and you know those difficult days those dark days in my life but i passed because of christ
1: hmm. is there a passage of scripture that uh means more to you now because of what you've been through?
0: Yes, uh, that's from the book of Psalms, chapter 34, verse 10. And those who seek God, they never lack anything. God is good for them. And the lions may uh, shorten what they are going to eat, but those who fear God, those who follow God, will be really blessed by God. That's my really team verse even in my wedding that's Hmm. psalm 34 verse
1: 10 it's been with you your whole life hasn't it it? is it is well pastor we are going to pray for ethiopia and for the evangelical church there which is growing so rapidly we're going to pray for these uh, new outreaches we're going to pray for the children's ministry there's one other thing that you want us to pray about what is it
0: the leadership training and uh, we we are involved in many ways on leadership and i am now working as a trainer. He's networking the churches for evangelism, and this is mainly based on training pastors, training elders and workers. So we work in this area. So I need you to pray for this, really, uh, training pastors and leaders. And pray we will for these
1: pastors as they are equipped to declare the gospel and shepherd the people of Ethiopia. Our guest has been Mulageta Ashagre, a pastor and leader of the Brethren Churches in Ethiopia. How grateful we are to him and men like him called to serve Christ. Thanks for listening to First Person. We're here each week featuring the stories of followers of Christ who have been called to a unique place of service that are making a spiritual difference as they live for the Lord. These conversations are made possible through the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company, who love for you to hear how God works in the lives of people for His glory. Please take a moment to sign up for a free online devotional from FEBC. You can do so at FirstPersonInterview.com. Our archive of interviews grows each week, and you're invited to explore past programs at FirstPersonInterview.com. That's FirstPersonInterview.com. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person.